Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 28. It is. It is. Yes. Oh, 28. It's so significant. Is it? it? No. No, it's not. Not at all. How are you, Nick? That's all right. General bumbling. General Bumbling. General Bumbling. Is that, is that your new name, is yes. it? Yes. General Bumbling. I'm in charge of all the leisure. I insist everyone at work calls me. <laughs> <laughs> Any poisonings this week? They would know we poisoned the general. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so absurd. I sense dissension in the ranks. <laughs> well, that's good. That's a good tactic that you have, actually. Then. Do you have a big hat? Oh, God, yes. Several. I swap out throughout the day. <laughs> Isn't it an admiral who has a big hat? The general normally has like a small kind of efficient hat. I, uh, you, you're a general. You can have whatever hat you like, really, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're not actually in a war. I keep forgetting that. Or a real general, actually. <laughs> this fantasy works however you want exactly. it in your head. I wear whatever fucking hat I like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Well, before we go any further, we should thank our gorgeous new Patreon subscribers. Only if they have good hats. I think they all have good hats. Well, that's all right, then. Well, I mean, we made that a prerequisite to <laughs> subscription. Was, it's a condition of a Patreon. You must have an excellent selection of hats. Yeah, they all have good hats, <laughs> don't you? I demand pictures after yes. this. So we are starting, thank you very much, to Abby Ryan. Rachel Lawrence. And to Stephanie Coulson. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. And thank you for your hats. For your I'm, endless hat support. I'm, I don't know why I've, I've got with hats. <laughs> Today's just hat hats episode. on the brain. <laughs> Oh, that's good. We've got our new Patreon subscribers. We've got hats oh, somewhere. Can we see find some poisonous cabinet hats? Well, I keep making them, and you laugh at them. You make put an A out of post-it notes on a bowler hat. Okay, do you have a poisonous hat? <laughs> no. Then it's the best one that we have. <laughs> okay, I can't argue with that logic. Ben did make me for my fortieth birthday a very gorgeous steampunky hat. It's not really poisony, but it's very good. Are we talking about good hats? I've got good hats. Where are these hats, Nick? We demand photos. Right, I'm going to go and get a hat. A then I'll just sit here in my top hat recording an episode. <laughs> okay, fine. And I'll switch it out because I've got, I've got a brown hat and I've got a grey hat. and then I've... Brown and grey, so exciting. Oh, shut up. <laughs> and multicoloured hats. Oh my God, I've just remembered. You know you've seen the multicoloured hat. I have. Nick shared a photo. We can, with... We're not talking about it... this. <laughs> he did share a photo of his youth. And I shan't describe it. And he's never going to share it with anyone else. Nick made bad fashion choices when he was younger. <laughs> Nick made interesting 90s fashion choices. We all did it. But that hat, I, I swear to God, I thought was, you were wearing that as a joke. It was, it was no, it was, it, was a, it was a hat that I had. I think I still got it somewhere. It's a look. It's, that's one way of describing it. <laughs> Can that be the next video that we do? Just a montage of you trying on hats to some sort of kiki, Absolutely. upbeat mu- music. You I know. mean, that's already out there somewhere. Uptown girl. <laughs> That's in a very obscure section of the internet. You'll find that already. <laughs> well, Nick, yeah, moving on. Uh, so quick interlude because we have a promo this week and it is from the podcast. How do you like me now? We really, really love this show and I think it deserves a lot more attention. It's really good crack. We'll let the guys explain it for you, but have a listen and check them out. 
Hi, it's Will from How Do You Like Me Now? Hi, it's Liz, also from How Do You Like Me Now? The podcast where every week one of us picks a classic kids' TV show from our youth for the other one to tear apart mercilessly. We rewatch shows from the 80s and 90s. I pick lovely things like Rosie and Jim and Brom. All of Will's picks are terrible. I always pick something that I know Liz is probably going to hate. Jason, the Wheeled Warriors, Mask, Transformers, the movie. All those things that were made purely to sell toys. Absolutely. What would you say is your favourite thing we've done, Liz? My favourite is when we did Animals Farthing Wood and both cried. No, my favourite is when I say what cartoon characters I want to bang. Oh yeah, that's my favourite bit too. So the way an episode works is we'll talk about what we can remember of it. And then we go and watch it and then we come back and we go, my childhood was not a lie. New episodes come out every Sunday. Listen to How Do You Like Me Now wherever you get your podcasts. Nick, are you ready? to drink cocktails and talk about poison. I think we probably should. Or we could drink poison and talk about boobs. Can I drink poison and talk about hats? What about hats on boobs? I don't, I don't know. I don't want hats near boobs. Okay, why, would so, you, why would you put hats on boobs? For the crack. Okay. Have <laughs> you never heard of the boob hat? I can't say I have now. Obviously well, you don't have boobs, so you don't know. You don't know what we get up to. Delightful. It's a mystery to all men. What do they do with them? We put hats on put them. Put hats on them. Right. Should we, should we go with the first one? Shall we? Uh, should we go with the first one? <laughs> drinking we, cocktails and poison. <laughs> from this bizarre conversation. Oh, it's all going so well, everybody. And this it, is before we've had anything to drink. We haven't actually had anything to drink. I had a steak uh, beforehand and I think it's gone to my head. So. <laughs> does, it, does that work? Steak's gone straight to my head. Well, it's your story this week, yes, Nick. And what a treat really. we shall go on. <laughs> but obviously we can't, we can't, we can't proceed with any form of story with out a cocktail in hand and the cocktail must be flavoured by this week's secret ingredient which inspired by the tale that we tell and this week's secret ingredient is Nick is Violet Violet oh how traditional and granny like <laughs> exactly yes beautiful colour it's a lovely purple colour now there are cocktails with violets in them there are and that's all I know <laughs> <laughs> and very possibly you may have one soon there is a violet liqueur isn't there rather you're, than the flower find out won't oh, we ooh, 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 oh, oh, I'm getting, sorry you're getting ahead of yourself there aren't you <laughs> you just want to drink so with violets as a secret ingredient what have you come up with we're going to have an, a classic it is an absolute as classic as classics can be, okay. um, it is an aviation. Oh, an aviation. One of my all-time favourite cocktails. Yes, you do favour an aviation. I do. I, I can't do. remember if I've had one. Um, I'd be surprised if I haven't made you one, because I make them all the time. But I may not have. Interesting. Because you angered me. An aviation, a true classic. <laughs> a this true, is, absolute classic. This is up there. Oh, this is exciting. Okay, well, without further ado, because I think Nick is going to kill someone if he doesn't have one soon, <laughs> we must to the Poisonous Cabinet Kitchen and mix up one of these bad boys. So we're going to shake up a storm. See you in a minute. See you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. So, Nick, we have an aviation. We do. Oh, it is pretty. I'm excited by this. It is pretty. It's got a kind of a, yeah, that, that cloudy but violet yes. hint has to it. Has it has a purpley hue. And I see, do I detect a cherry? A cherry. A cherry. Well, so talk us through it. So, yeah, so we have a, um, a violet liqueur, uh, which is fantastically brilliant colour. Uh, <laughs> gin. Yeah. Uh, maraschino liqueur, Ooh. one of our favourites. Um, and lemon juice. Nice, interesting combination. All shaken, 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 shaken for a very long time. Very long this time. This one, this one works with a really long shake. Is it just to dilute it just or to, to chill yeah, it? Yeah, well, a bit of both. Really, yeah, to get a real, really, really cold, um, and get a dilution as well. One of Nick's favourite cocktails. One I can't remember this one, but I'm going to give it a. Let's Enjoy. dive in and taste. Wow! Whoa! Whoa! Wah! Oh, it hits you hard. Yeah. Oh, I, that is nice. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. The violet, it's, you smell it more than you taste it. Yes, it's very uh, perfumey. Yes. It's, yeah, it's definitely got so, a perfume. So when you, bring, well, yeah, when you bring the glass to your mouth, you, you're smelling it, but you don't taste it. Yeah, there's a bit in there. I definitely but, um, get the violet. You can taste it, but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't taste as, as strong as it smells. Yeah. So anyone who had Palmer Violet Sweets when they were younger, it's a weird one because there's a weird association with Palmer Violet Sweets. Some people remember them fondly of summer days at school and stolen kisses behind the bike shed <laughs> and others just remember their granny force feeding them to them. So I, uh, I used to love those as a kid. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't mind them, but they're very perfumey, so you've got to be okay with that. But well, with the lemon and the maraschino I, yeah. and the gin, oh, that's a nice I, cocktail. I love this drink. It's absolutely one of my all-time favourites. Again, it's a it's an out-on-a-limb ingredient for people 
people Violet liqueur <laughs> I'm weird I had this in the cupboard Because I love this drink so much um, And I've actually realised that I'm only down to about a quarter of a bottle So Good God man I've been drinking it Alert so. the media It's a good one to have Because also it looks so pretty It does Absolutely Everything else in the cupboard is clear you've got gins and vodkas mm. and white rums and stuff like that which is clear but this is just a bottle of purple mm. um, and it just looks stunning essential for any poisonous cabinet obviously quite quite quite, quite. delicious well an aviation a true classic do mix one up guys you can't really substitute the violet for anything no i've i've seen it made without the violet it's not the same which is actually a casino number one yeah um but slightly different quantities it's cheap. well just make a casino number one again if you're if you're stuck for violet but it's worth it or, or go if you can't make it home go to your local cocktail yeah. hostelry and have them make it for you well exactly i mean i was always saying before you invest in a bottle of something weird get someone to make you one first if you like it then invest so we have our aviations firmly in it's, hand it's going down a bit too well maybe it's another one soon <laughs> very classy this is an elegant drink it's a fancy drink and this, or to is, pretend this deserves you a fancy a nice glass a decent cocktail glass as well you're glaring at me over the mic with that you bought me coupe glasses no i'm not that wasn't aimed as you it was just a general it, it deserves a oh nice that was glass. just a threat to all of our listeners yeah, pretty as much. Well. get don't, some decent glassware <laughs> don't you put it in a mug <laughs> yeah, exactly please don't drink this in a mug just don't drink it a teacup possibly <laughs> a teacup and saucer for violets for your granny that That's, would be lovely that would be quite that would be quite effective give it to your granny she'll she'll love that shit <laughs> so with our aviations firmly in hand it's time for a story i fear are you going to take us on a journey oh, i'm always i always take you on a journey hooray pause for cherry <laughs> delicious hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So today uh, we have a very strange tale. Um, and a very much forgotten tale. Ooh. The tale of Elizabeth Ridgway. <laughs> who that? Well, precisely. So I, I had no idea who that was. There are very few sources for this story. Okay. I've actually only found two um, original sources. Um, one is the transcript from an account published in 1684. Oh, bloody hell. So we're going back quite a way. We are going back quite a way. Because going... if this was in the 1800s, that's just mental. No, no. But we're going back quite some time. 1684. Wow. Um, this book is published, and the book is titled, this is a catchy title, okay. you're like, A True Relation of Four Most Barbarous and Cruel Murders, Committed in Leicestershire by Elizabeth Ridgway, the like not known in any age, with the particulars of time, place, and other circumstances, how she first poisoned her own mother, after that a fellow servant, then her sweetheart, and at last of all her husband. For all which <laughs> tragical murders, she being brought to justice was tried, found guilty at the late Lent Assizes held for the said county, and for the same was burnt to death on Monday, the twenty fourth of March, sixteen eighty four. So that's ca- the title. That's, that's the title. It's a catchy title. They didn't understand titles back then, did <laughs> the- they? Did they just say, we need a catchy title? That's the story. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The actual title page is actually longer than the story. Um, <laughs> That's a pretty... I mean, it's a great title. Yeah, it's a great title. Really. It would make you want to read it. Well, I don't know. Would it? Because it, it gets everything there. Well, I'd, I'd want I to know, know the I'll, ins and I'll outs. I know the story now. I don't need to read the rest of the book. <laughs> well, no, she died. I want, I want to know of these murders. <laughs> these four gruesome murders. <laughs> this pamphlet was written by a clergyman named John Newton, um, who had been tasked with counselling Elizabeth while she waited for her sentence to be carried out. Um, He also wrote a sermon based on the evils of these crimes, and that is also included in his written account. But I have to say, I couldn't get through all the sermon. It was heavy going. (laughs) (laughs) I read the account of the thing, and then it had the transcript of his sermon that he preached. And if you thought your normal church Sunday school sermons were bad, this this is just page after page of 
everlasting damnation. I, I'm um, a Catholic, so I mean, I think, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, if you ever been to a Catholic wedding, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So it's it's a jolly read, um, but, but really, that's a bit of a bitch move as well, though. If he was counselling in, in prison and then was was delivering the sermon about Absolutely, what an yeah. evil hag she was. Well, I don't think necessarily using saying what an evil hag she was, but mainly going look at this example of the the wicked the ways of wickedness, and this, oh, okay. this is what will happen to you. If you if you turn away from God, type thing, okay, you'll, you'll burn and kill people. <laughs> Still a bit uh, of a bitch move. She's like, dude, yeah. I'm right here. <laughs> Still. So I mean, this all seems to be the primary account for all subsequent writings, and it's about as far from an impartial, balanced report that you, you're going to get. Um, so be prepared for some casual misogyny, oh, wild okay. interpretations. So it's going to be an interesting. Be prepared for that every interesting day. time. <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, I love an episode of Casual Misogyny. It was the olden times. It was the olden times. It was the olden times, and women were the source of all evil. This is true. You mustn't forget that. But back to Elizabeth. Back to Elizabeth. Dear old Elizabeth. Back to 1650, and back to the tiny English town of Ibstock. Ibstock? That's in uh, the... Oh, no, no, no. no, I know it. We've given you a hint in the title. Oh, was it in Coventry? No, it's not Coventry. Where am I Coventry from? Because that's where I thought Ibstock was. I wasn't listening to the title. But there was a lot in the title I had to get through. Leicestershire, Shire. Shit. Elizabeth was born Elizabeth Husbands. Her father is a farmer um, and her parents tried to raise Elizabeth and their and her brothers and sisters in a good Christian home. But Elizabeth, not interested in any of that. None of that church malarkey, which yeah. is quite a radical thing for the for the time. Being sort of yeah. 1650s, church being a big thing. You're looking small, rural village. Yeah, you went town. to church. So to be that dismissive of religion was noticed. Was, was She's a rebel. Noticed. She a is rebel already in the town. a rebel. I mean, one in one of the first of many fair and impartial excerpts uh, from Newton's <laughs> account, Elizabeth didn't care one way or the other about a church, preferring to stay home and stir her cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> Impartial, impartial balance. She may well have gone to church, and he's just making out that she she had. A, how old was she when she had her first cauldron? Three, well. not understanding what it was. Either that, or it's a euphemism for something else. Well, yeah, potentially. He was a clergyman. He didn't know about other things like that. Oh, I've just got that. That's unpleasant. Why did you? How did you not get that? I don't think of such things. My mind isn't in the gutter. Or in the cauldron. So, I mean, details about her young life do not exist. She was supposedly a difficult woman mm-hmm. who took offence easily and lied effortlessly. Yeah, all while panicking about not being married and being a spinster forever. Okay. So Elizabeth lived on the farm with her parents till she was about twenty-nine, which I think at that time again is quite old. old. It's a ripe old age. So well, you would be you would be a little bit difficult and upset and 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 stressed out yeah. if you had not been wed. I don't know why she's not wed. I think potentially. Because they're not in the middle of town. There's a farmer, so they're perhaps on the outskirts some, somewhere. So perhaps doesn't have the chance to meet up with with younger men and stuff like that. Maybe. Not, enough, not enough eligible bachelors. Not enough eligible, out eligible in the bachelors sticks. on the farm. Not going to church, so not meeting... Well, there you go. Uh, That's why you other meet all young the men, men. Who, are, who are going to church. Priests, mainly. <laughs> yes. I mean, but it could only be one possible reason for the woman to be unmarried at 29. Poss- practically a hag at this point. Of course. Yeah, yes. yeah. Bent double. Yeah, on a spinning, spinning wheel constantly. Um, <laughs> on a spinning wheel. That's what, they do. That's, what they, that's, what they, that's what spinsters do, isn't they? Spin. I thought you were <laughs> standing on top of one trying to just keep her limbs going. Just to, to dance. <laughs> <laughs> But it seemed really that she was mainly just a very disagreeable person with a bad temper. I can get on board with this. Yeah. Sounds like most people I know. Exactly, really. yeah. Can everyone leave me alone? I'm not married at 29. Yeah. <laughs> at some time in the 1670s, Elizabeth is still living home uh, with her mother and father. And she has yet another row with her mother. It's going to be a falling out over some household chores um, that haven't been done. Or another lecture about, well, why are you practically a hag and not married and still home you should be out married with grandchildren and all that sort of malarkey get off your spinning wheel get off your spinning wheel all this sort of stuff which seems to be quite a regular occurrence in the husband household but whatever it was within days her mother is dead (gasps) dead we do not know what was used only that she poisoned her own mother and in this case poison Uh is spelt with a y so it's extra dramatic and ominous what so there's just what okay so your man has just written yeah so your man she poisoned her mother yep. the end the end pretty much it is it does come out later 
Okay, 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 okay. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. She's she's dead. The mother is dead. dead. Um, No untowards circumstances. No one suspects anything apart from natural causes. At the time. At the time. At the time. Mother has died. Very, very sad. So her mother is buried. And that is that. Elizabeth stays on at the farm, keeping house for her father, um, who was quite unaware of the real cause of his wife's death. After at least another year at home, Elizabeth decides that enough is enough. And it's time to move on. Finally. Finally. The mother's body has been in the house that whole year. <laughs> Daddy's not accepted it. <laughs> so, it's time to go. I mean, potentially her father's getting a bit annoying. All those questions that her mother was asking. Now the father is starting. Why are you still here? What's going on? Loving, <laughs> loving family. Will you get your cauldron out of the fire? All those sorts of, all those sorts of questions. So off she goes. She says, I'm going to leave home. I'm going to make a new life for myself. She's she got big plans. does not go far. Of she goes into the town. She's okay. there just outside the town on the farm. She goes into she the goes town. She goes into the town where she finds a job working as a servant in a slightly wealthier house. Well, that's a big, it's a, probably quite a big so, journey. Yes, potentially. Farms outside and yeah, know, yeah. walking two or three miles was a big deal well, back yeah, then. You're absolutely right. Either absolutely that or she right. got there and just realised that she didn't have a horse or yes. <laughs> wheels or legs. Oh, that's a very long way. <laughs> she was like, bloody hell, I had not thought this through. Like all of us when we were children, like thinking, ah, yes, we'll run away. You get to the end of your road. And go, no, this was bad no, Bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but she's found a job. She's found a job at the fancy house and she's decided she's going to make the best of this. Good for her. Now, the master of the house is actually very rarely at home. Um, all that business that he's attending to, he's off out and about going to that there London. Is, is this now going to turn into the turn of the screw by Henry James? <laughs> where she becomes the governess and goes to a haunted Please let it be that. It's, uh, unfortunately, it's not that. Oh, God damn it. So the master is here. He's, he's rarely around. So Elizabeth generally and the other servants sort of have free reign at the place, really. Brilliant. It seems to be there's no wife or children or anything like that. There's mm. just the master um, and Elizabeth, some sort of maid, and there's another chap who works there, stable boy or something like that. Mm. So they're given pretty much free, free run of the place. And she makes the most of having the run of the place several mm. male acquaintances <gasps> are seen coming and going tradesmen surely she very much like to entertain D- uh, in okay. the master's house she was just giving lectures clearly <laughs> of the farming ways yes absolutely how to stir your cauldron let me tell you of the rural rays of the farm down the road <laughs> she, she said how to dance on a spinning wheel how to dance on a spinning wheel but she did love flirting with all the single eligible bachelors there's probably lots of them now around the town she sees them coming and going meeting them in shops and stuff like that whereas before I'm on the farm I'm ploughing I don't get a chance to do this sort of stuff (laughs) this is a bit of a leap isn't it (laughs) again according to the the priest who's writing this she's what she's been trapped on the farm for 30 odd years Not allowed to see a gentleman caller. Pretty much. She's gone two minutes down the road to the town. To be fair to her, if she wasn't allowed to go out, she's like, bloody hell, this yeah. is great. There are other There's people men in the everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Come, come into my house and my cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's enjoying flirting with all these chaps, talking about love and marriage, telling each and every man that he was the one true love. Of course. All <laughs> promises, all the promises that she had never intended to keep. Out of all of her admirers, two in particular stand out. Um, John King is a a servant in another house in the town. He's pretty much on the same sort of social level as Elizabeth. And they seem, on paper, to be a very good match. But then along comes Thomas Ridgway. Ridgway is desperately fancy. He's a tailor. (gasps) He has two young apprentices working for him. He is well respected. He's popular. He is going places. I mean, the hats. The hat. Think of the hats. Think of the hats. He's not a middle And the fancy frocks. The fancy frocks, the waistcoats. Oh, he must be covered in pocket squares. Exactly. I mean, now, which one do we think Elizabeth goes for? Taylor. Well, obviously. 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 obviously That's an investment. <laughs> While Elizabeth is juggling all of her admirers. Now, it's not suggested that anything untoward is happening. Just entertaining polite conversation in the drawing room type thing a tea and and perhaps a biscuit exactly tea and a biscuit and then on your way with you nothing nothing else but the other chap who's working in the house the the male servant we don't know his name he's not too happy about all this all this coming and going in his his own master's house under his master's nose but the master doesn't know about it and he and Elizabeth start having some quite serious arguments about this is not appropriate you should not be doing this goody two shoes yeah Yeah, ruining her fun ruining it it was just it was just tea and cake and some light fellatio well, exactly. Nothing untoward. Nothing untoward. Uh, but he is threatening to tell the master about all this shenanigans. And that would not do. That would not do at all. Uh... Rather than just have it out with him, have a conversation and explain, or just admit, say, yes, I've done bad things, I shouldn't have done it, I apologise, I shan't do it again. No. 
The anger grows inside Elizabeth until one day this perfectly healthy young man who is alive and well and jolly in the morning is dead by the evening. Surely not. Yes. Elizabeth, say not one to let things pass, has stirred some tasty, tasty white mercury into his broth. Bloody hell. Yes, he dies in agony. You would. Yes. Oh, white mercury. We've not had mercury before. Well, we have because it's um, corrosive supplement. It's all this different name which we have had before. But this is the first time it's been referred to as mercury. First time it's been called white mercury. Mercury. So, yes, and it's very unpleasant. Yeah, it's very, very coarse, very, coarse very, very It's going to burn and Ooh. scar and do all sorts of things to your throat and your stomach. It's not a fun way to go. But no, no one suspects Elizabeth. We don't know if anything untoward is suspected. Has this young man just died of natural causes? <sighs> natural screaming, burning natural, causes. Natural. F- As we've discussed before, as we've heard from our expert witness earlier this week, you know, if there was no reason to check. Yeah, a lot exactly. of the time people were like, oh, okay, you know, oh, natural causes, oh, autopsies, not a bit, particularly in the 1600s. Well, exactly. I mean, we're talking very, very, <laughs> very early. Um, and in a rural place, there's probably not likely to be a doctor, let alone someone who can carry out a, an autopsy and test anything like that. Um, and they just have to go, well, well, he died. Well, he's dead. Just he, throw him in the pit. He does not have a hole in his head no. where someone's bashed and he's him. he's a servant. No um, he's not being stabbed or anything like that. Therefore, it's absolutely yeah. fine. He's just dead. And as you say, he's a servant. The end of that summer, Elizabeth realises that she had let the whole John King, Thomas Ridgway situation go on for far too long. Both men were obviously expecting that she would marry them, but she can't marry both. No, no you, that, can't. That, that you is, can't. That is frowned upon. That much she knows. But for her to break it off with either of them now would cause all sorts of trauma. Her carryings on with two men would come out. Whichever one she chose, didn't or didn't choose rather, might go into town and say, well, she promised me this, she said this. Um, I was promised marriage and then now she's marrying this other chap. What the hell's going on there? If you step out with a gentleman at that sort of time, you've basically made a verbal contract. Precisely. All of this carryings on could be revealed. Society would be scandalised. In this small um, ladies town would in clutch their handkerchiefs in terror. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Over dramatic there. Ibstock, there's probably five people. Willie hears you. Willie don't care. <laughs> but what way to get around this conundrum? What what possible way? What possible could there be, Nick? possible way? If one of them were to die, <sighs> problem solved. It's all very handy. Now, which one do we which think? One, do we think mm. she's so going we've for? We've got a tailor, nice. I mean, that as you said, that's an investment. Yep. She's got dresses for life. Yep. And he's successful. John King, mm, you know, a little, little more under the radar. No one's really care. Good surname, though. Good surname. Yeah. King, Kingly. I'm going to go with that she decides to kill John King. Regicide. <laughs> you would be surprisingly right. Yay! Yeah. But she can't let King find out that she has made a decision to go for Thomas. So. What does she do? She continues to lead him on with sweet whispers and kisses Mm. until she finds the perfect opportunity to send him to the next world. Yes. Expecting a loving wife, John King finds a killer instead. (laughs) (laughs) And his death is not fun. Oh, God. His blood turns black. Oh, but air. His insides burn. His stomach is consumed by a violent, gnawing sensation. Did she give him chartreuse? (laughs) (laughs) It does sort of sound like he's been poisoned with rats or something. It does, yeah. (laughs) Suddenly the plague is upon him at once. But I I got a feeling this could be the white mercury coming back again, that burning caustic. Blood um, turning black. But the blood turning black. I mean, this could be some dramatic license. um, Yeah. Oh, yeah, the preacher man. The preacher man. Blood. Um, this is say this was written in 1680 but we can assume it is unpleasant and results in death (laughs) it's unpleasant and it results in death and it results in death he did with John King dead Elizabeth she actually decides well got to play this cool got to play this clever I can't be seen to like oh he's dead hello I love you um The next day sort of thing. That might raise a few eyebrows. So she plays it cool for a couple of months. She lets winter pass. Mm. And in the spring, she starts being seen around town with Thomas Ridgway. Why? Thomas is probably thinking she's loyal to him. You're so asking he's... questions that I don't have the answer to. I know what the report says. 
it's just kind of I'll play it cool for a couple of months it's like on one hand Thomas is only the one the only one who's going to be like Where, what are you doing where are you going why are you sad because this man died that would rouse suspicion and the rest of the town of, of just going we don't care <laughs> yes generally we don't care we don't care nobody don't cares care. what two servants are doing really <laughs> pretty, really we don't pretty much we have just literally nudged him with our foot into <laughs> an open grave do what you like love okay but let's let's go with it let's go, go with, with it. the story you're ruining the story <laughs> oh I'm sorry I'm ruining the preacher's story with you in your facts and sensible ways none of that on Friday the 1st of February 1683 she marries Thomas Ridgway Hooray! her father expressly forbids it what he is so against it we why? have no idea why don't know. he's there going no no you can't marry him I think he wanted her to get married but not to him was he we too flamboyant to Taylor? Potentially. Potentially was... his hat was just a bit too big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wanted, he wanted her to marry a God-fearing, plain, boring yeah. pastor of a man. None and of here's this man, covered in ties. <laughs> covered in hats, he's got fancy notions. But I mean, obviously, Elizabeth, Elizabeth had no interest in listening to anything her father has to say. So they marry. And the first three weeks of married life <laughs> pass in a blur of wedded bliss oh they always do or at least it seems so to the outsiders to outsiders they are seen merrily strolling through the nearby market town of ashby de la zouche which is an excellent name for a market town i've never heard of ashby de la zouche de la zouche de la zouche and i did have to google it going is that a real place place? and it is a real place why did i not visit it when i went to ipstock and i went it was called ashby and then after the norman conquest Uh um a french family called La Zouche were given that area by William the Conqueror oh bloody hell and so it's called Ashby de La Zouche oh, after lovely. this um, Norman family so they, so they went strolling in the French place so they were they were strolling in the market streets where his tailoring skills would be appreciated I'm sure but if people had been a bit more observant they may have seen Elizabeth slip off and meet an old widow in the shadows where she exchanges two pennies for a package of mysterious white powder but who was paying attention to that? No one there to see two love-struck young people walking down the street. No one notices the old crone in the nope. in the shadows handing out drugs. No, nope. oh, it's just your everyday drug. It's a tr- everyday drug dealer. That's it. Yep. Everyone turns a blind eye. We just we just don't acknowledge it. We don't nope. want to see it happening. <laughs> we just can't get rid of her. But there she's always there. <laughs> she was just going to get her drugs. <laughs> so just let her be. But the town is happy. The town is happy. The town flirt is married, and the bachelor is happy. But but. but Always a but with these stories, I think we'll find. <laughs> Elizabeth is not happy. After years of hinting at marriage, Elizabeth finds it doesn't, doesn't quite match up to her expectations. After three weeks? Oh, yeah, after three weeks. Give it a second! Um, I mean, I, she's probably built it up so much in her head. Oh, yeah, the About what mm. an idyllic, fantastic, my life is going to change overnight sort of thing love will cure everything love exactly love is going to sort out all the problems i have obviously it's really 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 not so to quote newton again she was she was frustrated of her expectations in her marriage or she could not love her husband as she ought okay now that sounds like a sex thing it does i was gonna say it sounds like a sex thing it sounds like a sex thing but i don't know what variety of sex thing what variety of sex thing they were <laughs> what did he want to do and what was she not okay with doing but for she could not love her husband okay let's give her the benefit of the doubt and let's let's not throw our minds into the gutter maybe she has been entertaining people and has been innocent and has just been chatting to people hasn't known the ways of man well, quite yes and then it's a horrible thing to suddenly it's get a married thing. and there's no guarantee that your husband is going to be a gentle considerate lover this and going to give a shit about your needs at that time <laughs> It is literally, if you can't... Yeah, there's many references. If you can't love your husband, it's because you're not... It's um, entirely your fault. Yes, exactly. You're not putting out. Yeah. And you are off to the asylum with you. You're just not trying hard enough. Uh, oh, dear. But she is unhappy. For whatever particular reasons, she is unhappy. Yes. It could It could also be that she's fine with the sex thing, but he shitted it. There is potentially that. Yes. yes. That. She's so experienced. She's like, it's tiny. <laughs> <laughs> but then also, I mean... She spent the past few years with men coming and going and that excitement of yeah. being caught, not being caught out about doing something inappropriate and stuff. And that's all gone now. Yeah, it's now just her, in, in a house that, that she yeah. could act like was her own. Exactly. Now yeah. it's just her and her husband. There's none of that sort of thread of the chase type thing with all her different suitors. Whatever it was, she thinks she has made 
the wrong choice. To add insult to injury, Ridgway turns out not to be the wealthy, prestigious tailor that she had originally thought. What? Soon after the wedding, Ridgway's sister demands that he repay a debt of £20, which is a huge amount of money. That's £14 million £14 billion, billion pounds. I mean, it would have bankrupted them. It it is that much money. Well, fair Uh, enough if she doesn't love him if he's been lying the whole time playing the dandy. I mean, so instead of this life of comfort and respectability she's faced with unhappiness, potential poverty and destitution, humiliation in the town. Mm. So, yeah, she's not going to be best pleased about any of this. gone with John Keane. Yeah, but she's stuck. She's only just got married. We're talking three weeks into the into the marriage now. Yeah. She can't now turn around and go, no, I don't want to. I've made a mistake. I've changed my mind. <laughs> um, you can't do that. No, not so much. You're stuck. You're <laughs> yeah. stuck, love. You made yeah. your bed, lie in it. Exactly. You made your bed. She actually considers using her white powders on herself, ending the whole situation. Before long, she puts aside the thoughts of suicide um why why despair when you can revenge (laughs) (laughs) i love that maybe i should kill myself no no no. i'll just kill everyone else Uh, kill everyone in the whole world no that would be unfair to society for me to die the true justice is in killing this man (laughs) who's not really done a lot pretty much on a sunday morning just say just four weeks after their wedding thomas ridgeway leaves for church his wife does not go as we've established she is not a church going person um she stays at home to starting to prepare a meal for when her husband returns he puts a pot of broth on this on the fire Mm. and adds her ingredients and in goes a little bit of white powder (gasps) a pinch of powder purchased in ashby de la zouche I just love saying that. After Thomas comes home, Elizabeth smiles. They sit down for dinner. Their two um, apprentices are also with them because they live. The, the young lads who apprentice to Thomas as a tailor, right. um, they live there as well. As Thomas eats, he actually complains to his young apprentices that there's, there's something gritty in this. There's a strange oh. texture, strange texture in the bowl. Yes, that'll be the mutton. <laughs> <laughs> but Elizabeth passes it off as all oh, something fell in there it's all good um, <laughs> i don't know what not, i made that up something fell in there something it's probably fell in there. Fu- it's a bit of the ceiling it's all exactly it's all there was right. some plaster went in there there's a spider and possibly a small bit of my tooth went in there <laughs> but just it. don't worry about don't it okay? worry, just eat it's it fine. i slaved all day it's, well i think that's exactly what it is. i've been here you've been at church i've been home cooking slaving in the kitchen <laughs> least you can do is eat your bloody dinner. So he does. I'm frightened I would eat it. <laughs> 30 minutes later, he begins to throw up. For hours, he writhes in agony until just after midnight, he dies. Dead. He's buried without question or suspicion. Another Elizabeth- one to kick into the whole Elizabeth open grave. is widowed and free. Or oh, was she? What? Or oh, was she free? Was she free? <laughs> Only a few days later, everything changes. Ridgway's two young apprentices had it out for Elizabeth. Not only had the death of Thomas put them out of a job, they are now out of a job, they're now homeless. And I can imagine she's probably never been overly kind to the no, two she young... she sign up to have two youngsters exactly. living in her house. Exactly. So I think one of them's 14, one of them's 16. Young men. So really? young men, young men. They both remember Thomas complaining of this gritty mm. something in his broth before he dies. And they both suspect Elizabeth of poisoning. They'd be right. They would. They would be right. Elizabeth, in turn, suspects the boys of suspecting her. <laughs> There's a whole lot of squinting of people over, <laughs> across across the room. While sipping their tea. Well, I know that they know that I know that yes. they know. <laughs> she tries to tempt them with a lovely, lovely bowl of arsenic porridge. <laughs> they surprisingly don't fancy that. Well, she shouldn't have told them the name before... Arsenic porridge? What? N- nothing? They, they, don't, they don't accept that. She changes tack and promises... She's going to make it worth their while if they keep their mouths shut. Oh, that's not a good idea. Which is not a good not idea. Not a good you, idea. You've shown your, you've shown your hand there mm. on that one. Mm. It, I mean, it's no use. After that, I mean, the boys are now terrified. They run to a relative of Thomas's and recounts the tale of the gritty broth, the arsenic porridge, and the <laughs> keep your mouth shut um, conversations. Um, and they are more sure than ever that yeah. Elizabeth has done something untoward the family are unsurprisingly alarmed and they go straight to the just local justice of the peace a gentleman of great judgment and prudence indeed named sir beaumont dixie (laughs) (laughs) sir beaumont dixie that is a great name yep 
Beaumont Dixie. Beaumont Dixie. Beaumont he does, Dixie. He does sound like southern, um, like southern states. Sort yeah, of. southern southern kind of colonel who comes <laughs> yeah. in, makes chicken on the side. But, but yeah, yeah. No, no, Beaumont this, Dixie. He's, he's, he got to sort this out. I'm acting desperately English. I mean, he, he and Cornelius Van Dinkboom yes. have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> he orders an inquest into the death of Thomas Ridgway, and the coroner obediently digs up the eight-day-old corpse. The report says that it is clear that Ridgway had been poisoned. Now, what evidence is? So well, obvious. You can see that, that, um, that they come to this conclusion. I don't know. Well, certain bodies, and even back then, they would know when the you know after a period of time, there's decomposition and there's poisoning decomposition. There's there's signs. Well, you would hope well, maybe he's a learned man. We're looking like two centuries later in the 1800s before they actually get an idea of actual proper sort of scientific sort of testing into yeah. these things. So. I don't. I don't actually know what they're looking for. Ghosts. Uh, ghosts. Ghosts in it the blood. It could be mainly ghosts <laughs> going oh, as they open the coffin. Yeah, they um, open the coffin and he's slightly decomposed. Poison. <laughs> poison. He should be perfectly preserved. But however they did it, poison is the cause, Ooh. and Elizabeth is whisked off to Leicester Jail. But how to prove that Elizabeth was the murder? It's a puzzler. Yeah. They only have the word of two teenagers against Elizabeth, who is protesting quite loudly about her innocence. How best to prove this? It is best to let the dead man himself prove Elizabeth's guilt. Okay. Have you, heard, <laughs> have you heard of the practice of cruentation? No. <laughs> it is a method they... of proving guilt that dates back hundreds and hundreds of years. Okay. And it's still in practice in some areas at this, at this point. Okay, what um, is it? So the process requires the accused murderer to okay. touch the corpse of the victim. Ooh, okay. Now, if that is the real killer... The victim's body would simultaneously begin to bleed. What? It is a guilty verdict from God. <laughs> Touch the body. Touch the body. The body will bleed if if that is the true killer. Right. The body the body will start to bleed, or where your hand was would come up in blisters. As the, the body itself ooh. is rejecting the touch. Oh, of the of evil the, of one. The, of the evil one. But if you didn't kill them, if you didn't kill them, happen. nothing's going to happen. It's all going to be good, right? Elizabeth's not too keen on this idea. Yeah, um, not too keen on touching an eight-day-old corpse. But Thomas's father grabs her hand and forces her to touch the body. Right, blood bursts out of the mouth, well, obviously. out of the nose, and Thomas Ridgway's rotting body. God has spoken. <gasps> God has spoken. Guilty, 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 guilty. Who can argue with God? <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Touch the blood, <laughs> blood everywhere. Blood everywhere. So by touching it, and and okay, I'm sure a lot of people are with me on that one. <laughs> if you're going to force someone's hand to punch a corpse, <laughs> I don't know how eight, forcefully. No, eight days. Then there's going to be there's going to be a build up of a build up of fluid. The body puffs up. That's why people thought vampires are real yeah. because blood would come out of the mouth when they dug up corpses and they go, "Oh, look how fresh they are with blood." Nope. <laughs> punch a corpse blood everywhere therefore you must be guilty oh my god and god has god has, god spoken. has spoken god has god spoken, has spoken. But, i mean elizabeth's not having any of that either it, on it friday so. march the 14th elizabeth pleads not guilty in front of a jury of 12 men mm-hmm. all who quickly agree no no she must be guilty god has said so she's a lady must be guilty <laughs> um and god has said there is a bit of backlash against this harsh sentence mm. there are certain tender people tender people (laughs) who argue that the testimony of a 16 year old boy shouldn't be enough to convict her but the judge stands firm he's old school god has spoken through the quarantation guilty 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 bloody hell none of that none of that tender tender forgiving none of those 16th century snowflakes none of (laughs) 15th century so thanks for other <laughs> none of them none of that none no. of that none of this logic of which you speak none of this hard cold reason we have someone punching a corpse absolutely what more do you want god has spoken <laughs> this is where john newton comes in the author of our report he say he is he was a clergyman and he is assigned by the judge to counsel and advise elizabeth in the last days of her her life he is horrified by her crimes but he accepts the job with grace and makes it his mission to get her confession. Mm-hmm. To save her soul. Get God to forgive her sins. Oh, it's like Dead Man Walking now, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, Elizabeth is still completely indifferent to any religious types yeah. um, and has no interest in making Newton's job easy. He visits Elizabeth in jail every day for a week. And he is surprised that this woman who he had seen weeping and protesting innocence in court is actually incredibly hard work. She's having none of it now. She takes 
complete delight in spinning tales and laughing in his face when she just retracts everything she spent the last two hours confessing. <laughs> no, I was making it all up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would do, yes. wouldn't you? If you're in there and like, if you're so anti-religion, a clergyman's coming in and time to confess, you totally fuck with them. <laughs> and she and she loves it. She's having a great time. Brilliant. Um, she claims that it was her husband Thomas who had actually killed John King without her knowing about it. Hard to get him out of the way. To get him out of the way. Elizabeth, well, at the time, she had no idea why Thomas would have wanted John King dead. And it was only in Thomas's last moments that he cried out that God's just hand was upon him for the wrong he had done. Ooh. And then she realised that he must have done something untoward towards John and God is now punishing him. (gasps) And that's why Thomas is dead. That's why Thomas is that's dead. Why Thomas there could is be dead. no other explanation. No other explanation, no. Newton also talks to Elizabeth's siblings, Edward and Violet. Oh, for fuck's that, sake. That is the link. Oh, for that fuck's is, sake. That is the tenuous, tenuous link. Violet. One person in One this person. way at the end, yep. Violet. There was broth. There, there was, was broth. Porridge. We've had broth. We had a bit. No, we didn't. We did a bullshot as a vid. Yeah, I'm not doing an all night. <laughs> Sorry. We could have had any kind of broth. Just a nice broth. We no. could have just had a nice broth. And a I like. Broth. I wanted one of those cocktails. You wanted basically any so way like, to get a. Fine, fantastic. I've got that. I'm having it. Violet. Tough. Fair enough. Bloody you had a name. <laughs> you had Belle. I did Belle. So yeah. shush yourself. <laughs> but they tell Newton that she was obviously lying because she had told them another version. Oh. of the story in this version she claims that Ridgeway killed John King but she knew about it oh, she God knew sake. all about it and in, in fact had agreed to it and gone along with the plan she said that Thomas had known John was a rival for Elizabeth's affection and even after they married he would still be trying to get revenge on the man who had stolen his love best that he get in there first saying do what you will with him okay this is a, this is this is another fable since we know that john king was dead months before elizabeth married thomas exactly yeah so that did make sense well she's just yeah she's just making up she's shit she's just now, making up she? shit yeah. she's just making up shit and it's all mad a week after her sentence another figure pops up with even more evidence against elizabeth is it god it's not God. No, it's not it's God. One of God. her neighbours has, has seen her in Ashby de la Zouche buying the white powder. Ew. Confronted with this new evidence, Elizabeth finally confesses that she has <gasps> bought poison. But she wouldn't say what she used it for. When Newton visits her the next day, Elizabeth once again changes tack. Refuses to confirm or deny the purchase. Even refuses to agree that she had admitted it the previous day i go i never said that i mean now newton has leaves incredibly pissed off he is a calm man of god and he is being really jerked around by this annoying woman he vows not to come again until she calls and she is ready to talk properly <laughs> yeah i'm sensing his anger in this yeah. in this story in this sermon that apparently <laughs> yeah, well. that went on for ages <laughs> throughout the next week newton can't shake the thoughts of elizabeth he can't he just can't figure out why is she so adamant against confession one thing that she thinks of um is that to confess would to make it more real it would imprint the mark of her infamy upon her all the deeper by her own confession it's very profound. Very profound. Very profound. Very profound. First step to healing is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> or more likely, is it that she is just hanging on for a reprieve? Yeah. She is still banging on, innocent, if she confesses. That's out the window. Yeah, that tends to kind of screw your chances yeah. of getting off. So all these fanciful stories she's coming out, is one of them going to throw a bit of doubt in people's people's minds but she still can't help but play with newton she calls him numerous times saying right i'm ready i will confess when he arrives me i didn't call you (laughs) why would i do that i love her she's great that is, that is totally what I would do. I'm on death row and you're really screwed. You know, I've got nothing to bloody lose, yeah. have I? One of her last tales is to tell of a man um, from an, another nearby hound of Hinkley, not Ashby de la Zouche, who is completely obsessed with her. Even before she's married, one of her suitors, after she's married, the obsession continues. He turns into a stalker. Ooh, early stalker story. Yeah. The, the plot thickens. It is, it is he who slips into her house on that Sunday morning. And poisons the broth. Oh, shut up. (laughs) But Elizabeth says she was so fearful to stop him. And she has been put under oath not to reveal his name. By who? By by the man. The man from Hinkley. Or what? (laughs) Or what will happen, Elizabeth? She will be forever damned as an oath breaker. She doesn't believe in God. (laughs) These are shit lies. (laughs) 
Why is Newton not questioning this? Well, he died. I mean, he implores her. He absolutely implores her to... to, Stop the bollocks. No, well, no, because he he is such a gullible fool. Um, So he implores her, why did you make such an oath? There's there's no reason yeah. that you have to keep such a such a promise stuff like that. Tell me his name. Tell me his name. He refuses to reveal this chap's name, but she says if he looks hard enough into the crowd at her execution, oh. Newton will be able to spot him, for his countenance will betray his guilt. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. If you look into the crowd, you shall see the man, and he shall have a key, and you shall go this way. And he'll be wearing a hat. <laughs> he'll be wearing a hat. <laughs> the size of his hat. Clever. That's a clever ploy by Elizabeth, because again, you can see you can find suspicion in anyone mm, absolutely <laughs> sunday before elizabeth's execution she is led to church forcefully uh, with a number <laughs> with a number of other criminals who are due to perish oh, the that next is a day. picture just so dragging pretty along. much dragged in chains your last visit to church again this is flashbacks to my catholic youth <laughs> <laughs> i'm tired i want to watch cartoons no it's your soul <laughs> john newton himself is preaching and he gives a stirring sermon on honesty, obedience. He is convinced that the power of his words has will be enough to snap Elizabeth out of these lies and persuade her to tell the truth and make an honest confession. He continues to be disappointed. <laughs> he does sound like a very well-meaning and very determined but shit preacher. Yes. Like, probably he's an awful orator. That's what oh, I'm yeah. thinking. He probably has a terrible, like, a tiny, teeny, weedy <laughs> voice and he's trying to do these Bethlehem and Bridgestone sermons and it's just not registering with anyone and he genuinely believes it, but he's got no chance. He's got, absolutely, absolutely. She is scheduled to die the very next day, but she refuses to see him. Um, instead, she's actually visited by her father who actually comes to visit Ooh. her the day before she's due to die. Oh, um, where she... She is heard cackling, they say, about how the man from Hinkley is nothing but a lie. Nice. <laughs> Her father leaves in disgust. She's mad, isn't she? She's properly crazy. <laughs> the next morning, Monday, March the 24th, 1684, perhaps now finally realising that she is going to die, Elizabeth actually confesses. And in tearful contemplation of approaching death and judgment, she admits that she killed her husband. She admits that she has purchased the poison with the intention of using it on herself, but ending up using it on her husband. And she does this quite freely to John, John Newton. And we believe this one... Well, I mean, to be honest, he's not been shy in his reports about the other times he's failed. Is this, maybe is so. this the day this, of? This is, this is the day of her execution. Yeah, I Where he said maybe... she has realised there's no point bullshitting anymore. I'm not going to get a reprieve. A London pamphlet of the time gives a somewhat more dramatic version um, of her final confession okay she supposedly admits that for the past eight years she has lain with a familiar spirit in her bed (laughs) the demon has first tempted her to poison herself and then when realized that that temptation wasn't going anywhere that the demon whispers that she should poison anyone that offends her she confesses so this pamphlet says to always have having kept a hidden vial of poison in her hair that she would refresh whenever she went to the market town of Ashby de la Zouche. <laughs> she would meet... The demon said specifically, the go there. ...the mysterious widow in the shadows and refresh her supply of poison. Of hair poison. Of hair poison. She confesses to killing her mother, her fellow servant, John King, and that she had planned to kill both of the young apprentices too. So a somewhat differing interpretation. Pamphlets never known to be sensationalist. <laughs> Whatsoever. I mean, but despite these demonic details, people are still actually a bit disappointed by this confession. They they already know. We know you killed your husband. We pretty much thought you killed your mother and John King. We probably knew that anyway. What I want to know about, what else has the demon told you to do that we don't know about? <laughs> That's what I want to read about. You Tell us about the weird sex. Exactly. You can't have been sharing a bed with demon for eight years and only killed four people. Exactly. There must yeah. have been hundreds. <laughs> happens when a demon shares your bed what specifically happens which specific demon and where do i contact him (laughs) what's his phone number (laughs) 
What did he look like? Was he a tall, sexy kind of demon? Was he a small, <laughs> tiny demon? Was he... But tell us about the demon! Fuck poisoning people! <laughs> That's what people want to know. Well, I would! And they are bitterly disappointed that they don't get that in the confession. <laughs> They're just going to make it. It was a demon. It was a demon. It was a little familiar demon. It was a it was... demon. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know she has got a cat. <laughs> oh my god, she lived with a cat the whole time. So, with the cat, the cat, the cat is the demon. The familiar. The familiar. Oh my god, no way! She's had sex with her cats. <laughs> that doesn't come out in the confession. Unfortunately, Shockingly not. No. People are very disappointed that it doesn't. The sex cat demon didn't come out. The sex demon did not come out. A huge crowd comes to see her burn. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the demon show, might show up now. Oh yeah, but she's gonna burn. Yeah, she's gonna burn. She's gonna burn before her own execution. She is forced to witness the death of two brothers who had been convicted of burglary. But yes. What? Her brothers were... No, no, not her brothers. No, two other... Oh, two, sorry. Not, not her brothers. <laughs> there were two other convicted felons that day who were due to die who were, were brothers. And they were burned at the stake as well. No, they were hanged. Oh, they were hanged. They oh, were well, hanged. that's a quick death um, But that was before she was forced to watch. And in a really nasty twist, one of the brothers was offered to go free if he acted as executioner for his own brother and no. for Elizabeth. I mean, what a fucking terrible decision to make. No. I kill my brother and this stranger or and I, I go free or I don't and I die with my brother and this stranger. Tell me he died. He did die. Oh, thank God. He took the... Good for him. The, yeah, the, the noble, noble... The noble The noble route. The noble route. <laughs> I'm sure there was a tiny bit of him going, oh, God, mate, you... you know, it was your idea, to be fair. You're, you're going to die anyway. You're Whatever gonna die I do, anyway. you're going to die. Whatever I do, she's going to die. Let me Sh- off. Let me, should I... I mean, it's a... It's a it's a terrible... That's an awful thing. Terrible decision to have to I wonder to if the other brother that. was there and well, was you, able to... the other to... brother would say, I would say, fucking do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it was family, um... you'd be saying, oh God, sorry, this has got really upsetting, hasn't it? I know, isn't it? I read like, that, going, I thought, oh, this oh, is a miserable God. end. <laughs> and then if he had that decision, but then the brother would probably be up there going, no, do it, do it. Unless the brother, brother was like, no, fuck you, man. <laughs> you die too. But the brother does refuse. And soon Elizabeth watches these you two men hang. The guilt. You, you, you really guilt. couldn't. You, couldn't you really. When it comes to her time, she she begs the watching justices to hang her first. Yeah. To get to get it over and done with, and they refuse. They tie her to the stake. They set fire to the kindling. As she struggles to get away from the flames, she actually strangles herself on the rope really? that is around her neck, holding her to the stake. So she is unconscious as the flames clever move as the flames grow but she burns and the crowd cheer that is the story as Elizabeth Ridgway. <laughs> yeah, I know. It gets really what an ending. dark at the what end. A, what a story. It's a good that th- is a great th- story. That I had never heard of before and just came up in random Googling but when I delved into it I thought my god this is a good story. No it's a great story. Oh that that ending is, is chilling as well so yeah yeah, being burned to the stake. Oh I mean I couldn't think of any worse way to go. I think I read somewhere um. recently the description and a very lyrical brilliant description if you can call it that of how someone yeah. dies of there but most people would die of shock at things and some people would were shot or yes, for mercy uh, people would be sort of positioned and yeah. an arrow through the heart or the head if you were lucky but um ugh, being burnt at the stake and when that hanging story that was horrible that was asking that's horrible. horrible i didn't yeah. like that hanging yeah, story I you could have cut that i could have cut that out so nothing to do that. with her let's throw it in let's make people made feel it, jolly made it more depressing yeah, exactly yeah. to be fair to her she was a murderer this she, is true. No one deserved to be burned no at the stake. No one deserved really. to die like that. Let's, let, let, let's just be honest here. Yeah, she definitely killed everybody. I mean, she's just... Well, I, don't, I mean, it's one of those things that you think, was she just, obviously, a severely unhappy woman, has had probably a fairly miserable childhood, been quite isolated, has grown up isolated from her friends, well, having no friends by the sounds of it, and then is suddenly thrown into a situation where there's all these people around her and mm. she's... It's probably incredibly overwhelming yeah. to be suddenly thrust into the middle of a what she would perceive as a really bustling town for us. It would be like, oh, there's one car every thirty days or something. Um, Especially in the 1600s, you know, yeah, yeah. You know what it's I mean? a fucking car. Here. <laughs> Jesus, just a beast. Is, this is a one-horse town. This one. <laughs> so, um, it's, I suppose it's easy to think with our modern heads on. I yes. guess it's it's perfectly feasible that a woman can be that evil could oh, be sure. at the time for of sure. course is that as she was if she was li- living a miserable existence if her mother did nothing but yell at her oh suddenly mother dies by slipping something into her food a little experiment and then goes on to go yeah i'm gonna live the high life and if someone bothers me i'll get rid of them the other version is is that it's all of these accounts are written by a priest trying to paint her as there is that a monster and maybe for 
half of those things she wasn't guilty maybe she was just maybe her mother just died yeah yes maybe she moved into town and maybe a servant just died maybe she wasn't entertaining lots of men maybe she had seen two men and said hello (laughs) to them in the street harlot harlot (laughs) yeah i think we do probably put a lot more innuendo is the wrong word but we put a perhaps put more a lot more behind these things than there actually was we said she was she was entertaining men we assumed oh she was shagging everyone in town no she probably wasn't she probably said like hello to two people exactly yeah um, she that could be that version of it is that she said hello to someone and again it's like the witch trials really isn't it that i I saw you vaguely in the vicinity of something oh what a slut she was however however (laughs) however however, the whole bit of the end of her being arrested and and clearly probably killing her husband killing thomas yeah the two apprentices see something maybe they had it out for him maybe they had a vendetta maybe again she is innocent but all of the messing about with the confessions seems a bit strange yes absolutely yeah even if you're innocent you would just you you would surely i mean surely you would just fight with the same story you're not going to have so many different accounts of things and which could have been different versions so yeah i mean all the way through it's, it was established that she was had no interest in the church had no respect for church authorities or the clergy and stuff like that and so was that her greatest crime <laughs> the church the, the church. greatest poison of them all yeah, that's another one we'll go with that oh we um, go but that's it you know if a woman does not if she rejects the church then for the rest of her life and everyone can paint a picture of her of of a monster and it, it seems like we're being really defensive of her but i think it's a it's a valid argument yeah. of that time maybe it, we're being too convenient as the it, only but. account we have is written by a london pamphlet and um and a priest so <laughs> and can not we... um particularly non-biased impartial versions yeah and can we just go back to the london pamphlet <laughs> can we go back we to would, the london pamphlet because awesome. whoever wrote that deserves a nobel prize and a pulitzer prize <laughs> and all of the journalism awards forever of just she's a murderer she lane with the devil with a familiar how did what the what and that people believed it and were clamouring for more demon stories. Yeah, absolutely. It was penny dreadful, I guess, you know. But... 200 years later. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I suppose it's 200 years later. Well, that was an early one. That's why everyone yeah. thought it was so fascinating. But it was a time where demons were very, very real. Well, it was very easy just to say. Um, she'd lain with the devil. They were physical things that would be there and taunt you. I'm surprised that didn't come out anywhere else other than the pamphlet. Or maybe they had just... Maybe the creature whoever had told the story that she had lain with the devil if it wasn't in his sermons yeah so it wasn't it certainly wasn't in his account yeah um, his was much think... more reserved trying to do things properly pamphlet it was well it was press it was it was i need an exciting story and um, they were going to go with what everyone loves <laughs> and, they were, exactly. and they're going to go with the sensationalism exactly. at the time in the same way we do today with the tabloids yeah. and all the national inquirers and, and everything. it works sex demons were at work here <laughs> i do genuinely think that that preacher john newman was a probably very passionate and forthright man, but he had a shit voice and yeah. couldn't do a good sermon and everyone laughed he, at him. He say, he certainly seems like he really was out. What he saw was to try and help her, yeah. to to help to get this confession for her own immortal soul type thing. But that's kind and of to, their job. Yes, it is. But he, he did it, he seemed to do it in such a trusting, gullible yeah. sort of way. He believed most things that she told him and... And maybe there's, you know, it's a final thought on it. And again, it's it's one that I'm sure a couple of people are thinking about. Elizabeth, if that version of the story is true and she was entertaining gentlemen and she was a temptress and she she had suitors, was he slightly taken in by her? Maybe, oh, was he maybe so, yes. beguiled by her and she could tell a story and she'd obviously entertained and, and got the affections of other people, even him as a celibate good clergyman maybe he was just a bit obsessed with her because obviously so. he was thinking about it a lot and he kept coming back and he kept preaching about oh, yeah, it yeah absolutely he didn't he didn't leave her didn't leave her alone he escape. Um, seemed quite determined he, to, yeah uh, exactly he was a regular visitor sexy witch woman there we are oh well the story of elizabeth ridgeway what do you think people what do you think of her what do we think of how many of you have lain with demon sex familiars um <laughs> now you're putting the sex thing in here demon familiars the sex is optional i'm saying they are sex familiars i'm just saying that it's it's completely up to people if they want to take that option right but the demons are there there we are so how much has that been going on <laughs> uh what do we think of elizabeth do we think that she was evil that she was a murderer or was she a victim of circumstance and the the patriarchy of the 1600s who knows? Who knows? What indeed. do you think of the aviation? The most important thing of the episode 
Was the tasty cocktail. Was the tasty cocktail. <laughs> Most delicious. Most delicious. Most delicious. Most- tenuous link we have possibly ever had i don't think it's the most tenuous link i don't think it was i think there's other contenders the bell one maybe a fucking monk that one but you know it resulted in a delicious cocktail cocktail. exactly so mix up an aviation people do invest in some violet liqueur or go to a really good mixologist go to a cocktail lounge the next time that you can go out and do it Ask for an aviation. And it's a mark of a good mixologist if they know oh, what yes. it is. If they have to turn around and say, what's an aviation? They are not a good mixologist. I quite agree. And also, if you want to know what you should invest in, if we, if you have a top three, always message Nick on social media and go, <laughs> hmm, okay, I don't have money to spend. I don't have 20 quid to spend every single week. Well, I'll tell you what I would like anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what Nick's in the mood for, that is what you shall have. Yeah. So yes, come and chat to us as ever on the social media. The social Talk to us about this episode. Talk about your cocktails. Share your pictures of cocktails. And thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has been sharing pictures of your merch. Yes. You've been gorgeous. I love it. There's been t-shirts. There's been phone cases. We really love to see that. And it makes us so happy. Obviously, appreciate anyone invests in any of the merchandise. You don't have to. Of course, you don't have to. But thank you for sharing the pictures. And just share whatever you're drinking and what you're doing and whatever, whoever you're poisoning this week as well. Well, quite. And if you like us rambling then do go and have a check us out on patreon because we've got so many more episodes there we have different types of tale we have more modern tales on there whereas we stick with the historical ones on the main episode so check us out there as well you won't regret it we have some very interesting ones coming up on patreon that we will tease soon also if you haven't already go and listen to our bonus episode which is free which is on the main channel uh, our bonus expert witness episode with the delicious carla valentine we so enjoyed doing that it one. was fantastic fun. It, carla is amazing and she's just a wonderful human being she's been so supportive of this podcast and uh, multiculture go and look at that get yourself some paraphernalia from that and enjoy so we have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you get a hat